I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Welcome back for Owl Pellets. Brian, Becky, and Mike here chatting again about how people learn. We teased this a little bit in our last conversation about how people learn, but one of the things that is really integral, we talked some about context, we talked about kind of the individual and what the individual needs for that social emotional development. Um, Brian's looking at me like his needs are not met here. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I do not feel like I'm in an emotionally safe space right now. Oh, I didn't okay. think you had emotions. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, we, we established that in the earlier podcast. He's feeling the feelings he didn't think he had. <laughs> All the feelings. Okay, this turned All right. Out. So, so anyway, um, podcast, not intervention. <laughs> in in addition to that, one of the things we kind of glossed over the last time was this cultural piece and the cultural context of learning. And so when we think about just that cultural nature of learning, um, defining culture the way how people learn defines culture is that it's the learned behavior of a group of people that generally reflects the tradition of that people and is socially transmitted from generation to generation through social learning. It's also shaped to fit circumstances and goals. And one of the things is we were kind of having a side conversation here, like there, there are definitely pieces of how people learn that we think about how does this help our students in our classrooms? How do we, how do we talk about this for practicing ag teachers um, in their school context? But then there's the piece of this that's also, what does this say about our profession? And so when we look at this definition mm -hmm. of culture and this cult, like, and, and then the culture of agriculture, the culture of FFA, We've got some got some grappling to do as far as what does this look like and can we have an honest conversation about what our culture is that students that we're trying to get students to step into and is that somewhere that students find themselves able to be I think when we think about culture oftentimes we think about very specific geographic locations or religions or you know these, these big culture things but there are also these even in our schools, these microcosms of culture that really have a big impact on how we learn the profession of teaching. Well, you know, going through this, the, one of the first things I thought of when we talked about this idea of culture was the FFA language, the AGA language that we have. I mean, I can remember when I first started dating my now wife and they were talking about things we're doing and she, she had no AGA or FFA background. And I'm, we're saying all this stuff like normal. And she's like, are those even words? What you know? Just what 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 are you what are you saying right now? What cult are you a part of? Well, and it was kind of funny when I was student teaching. We had a training from the sheriff's department came in and talked about gangs and cults. And I'm like, they put up this list of all this checklist of things what makes something a gang or a cult. And I'm like, ever they met all of them? I don't think you're supposed to say that. And I'm like, hmm, maybe we need to be thinking about this. We have our colors, we have our own words, we have our symbols. I'm like, ah. Eh um to do this but I, I think it's important especially when we think about how we welcome new teachers into the into the fold uh, especially when we're looking at those that are coming from industry you know they may go in there and, and have a very strong horticulture background I'm, I'm thinking in my mind I'm actually thinking of a few people that very strong in horticulture 
came in and want to start teaching, did not go through the through their the traditional FFA route and this FFA language, and they're looking at me and they're going, Doc, I got no idea what they're talking about with this FFA thing. And so how do we help them understand that piece? And I think one thing we talk about is not that culture is good or bad, but mm -hmm. how we use culture for good and not for evil. Yeah. <laughs> to, to do yeah. That. Well, know that it's an underlying element that we need to kind of think through if, if, um, if we're going to think about um, it as a, as a learning experience or as part of our culture and the world in which we function and live, we really need to think about those various elements. I think some of that, when we talk about that, not just alternatively certified teachers, but even when we think about where we're recruiting from. And so often our students come up through FFA and have had these experiences with ag programs and ag teachers. And for our students who haven't, guilty, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like thinking about crying at my first winter conference, like hiding in the corner because I was, what did I get myself into? Like, yeah. I, I don't speak this language. I don't know any, like, I didn't, there, there are so many things I think we assume people know, even if they went through, like, regardless of the right. program that they went, like I went through a traditional teacher certification program that, and things that were just assumed that I knew about, I get that I had no clue at all. Like just, just no clue. And I think, I think that's an important conversation and a, and a realization that we need to really think seriously about, because I don't know about many of the states that all of our listeners are going to be in, but I know the state that I live in and we cannot produce enough ag teachers mm -hmm. and we can't count on just the students that are going to move through the traditional ag ed FFA routes onto a university. So you, Brian talked a little bit about alternative licensed, but we also need to recruit, prepare and, and support mentor and coach um, others that have an interest in education, have an interest in agriculture and have an interest in people and they want to go out and do a great job. How do we, how do we make this work for, for those individuals as well? Well, I think it's also, we're speaking of culture as the school-based ag ed or fake culture. Mm -hmm. There is that, but I think we also, there's honest that each state, each school has its own culture for sure that it has. And I'm sitting here, I'm, again, thinking through students I've worked with, we had some pre-service teachers that came from very good school-based ag ed programs, great experience. And I remember when they, they came to the university and then we were touring around other schools and they're like, what are these people doing? This, this is not, this is not what we do. This was a successful, another successful program but a very different way of doing things under still under the FFA guys mm -hmm. to, to manage that. And I think what that makes me think is as, as the teacher, as state leader or whatever else, our job is to help set that culture. One of my other parts of my, my life is working with um, faculty at the universities on leadership and how they lead their programs in extension and, and in departments. And we still have the number one, the number one jobs of a leader is to set and maintain the culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that's as I teach when you think of what kind of culture are you wanting to set with your eye program about how, who you welcome, how you welcome them, how you hear the students' voices, what, what you're able to, to, to have them engage in. Well, and let's, let's step back that uh, one, one step further with um, thinking about the school itself. And, um, you know, I, I've had the, pleasure and the honor of uh, supervising a lot of student teachers and 
can walk into a building and within about 60 seconds have a great perspective on the type of culture that that, yeah. that building, that administration, those students have. And that varies considerably from school district to school district. And I think it's important for our pre-service and even our early career teachers to know that just because you're in one system or one building doesn't mean that all buildings and all cultures are going to be the same. So it might take a move, one or two moves before you find that right spot and know that the the culture that you're going to function and thrive in and build to build a program is going to be um, kind of dependent on on the the culture of that that building and that district that you're going to be a part of. Which I think makes a really tricky thing for Agat as a profession more broadly because when we think about things happening so differently at a school level, when we think about success there, when we think about what's important there those things aren't always, those things don't look the same district to district, but ag teachers are su like super connected. We know what is happening district to district. And so like what, when we talk about just that, that those different ways of doing things, our immediate reaction tends to be like, oh, whoa, 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 you are doing that wrong. And like, <laughs> that's not the way we do this. And how, like, how do we step back from that when we think about that culture is integral to learning a profession? to really think about how do we actually how do we actually approach and engage those things that are different from the way we ourselves practice right. the profession well i think what I'm, I'm thinking you're saying that is how that gets set is so different because okay i taught high school as in illinois i was a single teacher ag program in a small school yeah. to do that but at very close ties and connections, relationships with the ag teachers in the school district around me, we were separate school districts. Mm -hmm. So separate salary schedules, separate superintendents, mm -hmm. separate policies to do all that. To now, you know, to today working with teachers in Florida, where we have a large number of multi-teacher programs. We have some that have five, six, seven ag teachers in a program and they're working in county-based school districts. And so they can move from school to school within a, within a school district stay on the same salary schedule, same policies among, among all those things. All of that kind of plays into how do we support ag teachers generally, big school, small school, different programs that you have. It's, it's, it's hard from, from a state level to, to, to really recognize that. But then how do you prepare a new teacher while they're trying to figure out where the bathrooms are and everything to, to get your, you're trying to set the culture for, with your students as well? Yeah. lots of conversations so we kind of started in the middle yeah. and went, ma yeah. <laughs> went, went, went macro right and now we can go to the micro level and think about inside our classes and yeah. the impact that culture has um you know where do the students come from what you know what are some of the um indis indigenous knowledge within the community and some community norms and you know i think throughout this year's podcast we're gonna have some conversations with some uh researchers that are gonna kind of talk about some of these things and and while it's difficult i think again thinking about what underlies students ability to learn and and um, how we can connect with them and know what is culturally and socially acceptable and and um you know in a previous podcast we talked we said that education is a social experience and if it's social then almost 
by default, then culture is going to be a part of this. So yeah, did you like that? Did you know you had somebody said he just quoted yeah, somebody. Him. He, <laughs> he quoted himself. <laughs> so he says, well, a very smart scholar once said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. He was right. He was right. That was good. But you know, but with that that social aspect of it though, it's we're not we're not making widgets here. And I think that's that's the thing also to remember. Again, going back working with programs that have multiple ag teachers, much much like you said, you get a sense of the culture when you walk into a school. When you walk into a classroom, you sense what's going. Oh, for sure. And even in the same school, mm-hmm. you may have two ag teachers and you walk into the room and you sense yeah. things are things are different. That could be bad in there, but also you just like that's their own personality. Absolutely. And I think that's one thing teachers need to understand with the idea we talked about before about emotion and about this culture, you, you are part of this. Yes. You're, not, you're not floating out above it to, to do this. And so you need to engage. So Mike, what you're talking about is understanding all those pieces of culture as they design with that community and, so, and cultural groups, you gotta, you gotta get in there and be part of it. And it, you know, you have your special role as being the teacher, but you have to engage with your students to set to set that tone so they know what they look like. And you have to be your own. You can't take somebody else's culture and implant it into your classroom. The same way you may have had a great act teacher, you cannot be, I could not be Charles Ferguson. I tried for a semester and failed miserably as a new teacher. He was very, I finally became myself. I had to, had to build the own cultural norms to do that. And I think that's, that's something for us to, to for all of us to remember. Yeah, and I, I think another thing to, to remember, and I, if, if I was sitting in my car listening to this podcast, I'd, I'd have some level of anxiety thinking about all of these <laughs> elements mm-hmm. and components of culture that we're talking about. And I think we just have to think about it from a level of continuous improvement and self-improvement. And I think, at least for me, talking about this is just to create some thought and get us kind mm-hmm. of processing and thinking about you know, what are some of the nuances that I can think about within my own program and I can move the needle just a little bit because of uh, the impact and the value that, you know, some of the, some of the research in, in this, this book on how people learn talks about the value and the richness that we need to know and, and think about as, as educators and when we think about um, student learning and student engagement. I think just remembering too, we think, I think culture can sound like such a big thing. Yeah. Like Brian talks about like setting the culture in a department or like mm-hmm. having this big, like, I think culture is both really large and really amorphous as far as like, what do we, what do we do with this? How do we cultivate it? And I think when we think about how we cultivate it, culture is learn the learned behavior of a group. And so thinking about what are those norms that we set that become our learned behavior what are those things what are those little things that just are that just kind of become part of our mode of operation that then become habits that then just become what we like and that becomes our culture but even that norming process even if we think about just one norm that's Mm -hmm. it it's still hard (laughs) well and not to get too nerdy on this and but it does mention the report you know Boffenbrenner has his theory on the concentric circles of setting up of of Mm -hmm. context Mm -hmm. And I think that makes a whole lot of sense because I, tend, I I like linear things. I like you start you start here and you just go down the road, but life doesn't always happen in that linear format. And these circles is, you know, you start with yourself 
and then it's the that it's the family and the school and the peer group and the workplace and the whatever all those things that that circle gets bigger and bigger and grows that context but all all those other things still influence it mm-hmm. that the the home and the and the individual still in, influences the workplace and those kind of things and so you know I, I think it's good to think about that is how those really are those concentric circles interlocking circles that, that really impact all those under, underlying things and again going back to those days when the student is not doesn't have the right mindset mm-hmm. you got to help help them through that but also know it's not completely on you mm-hmm. um, but also know that you have the responsibility that if you have a bad interaction with a student or a coworker, or whatever else you're not only impacting that right then you're impacting things beyond there as well so it can it can be a little bit overwhelming to think about, right. but there's a lot there's also a lot of help to get us through those things. One of the other things that I saw in this this report about um, social reactions and those sort of things we talked about a little bit before with with the emotions we've mentioned it, but just how much the brain is shaped by those social relationships and the cultural mm-hmm. relationships that they have. And, and again, we use, we're, you know, hopefully no one's playing the drinking game where every time we say culture, they take a drink because it's so good. Depends what they're drinking. <laughs> if so, it's only going to be a one podcast day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's typical with the English language. We're talking about culture and it means so many different things. You know, you share with us the definition from here, but we talk about right. it's the culture of our classroom, but it's also the culture of a, of a social group and mm-hmm. those sort of things. But mm-hmm. all of that, just shapes that student not just their emotion but shapes their 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 brain and that's why this is important for us to be thinking about um and we have an opportunity as ag teachers because we tend to work with students in more settings and in different settings to really impact this a lot with a lot of our students well i think seeing that individual culture is there, there's some responsibility on us as teachers to help our students find the places where culture isn't maybe what they've experienced so far. And I think about my own students in my high school classroom who I had not been nice to. So how, like, what are, what are those things? How is our culture different from what they've experienced? And how do we help bring students into that? So it's not just this, nope, that's not for me. That hasn't been for me. That hasn't been nice to me. I'm out. Um, I think that it's something I don't have necessarily an answer for, but hopefully something to think about as far as how, how is it different from what students have experienced so far? Because students only know what they've mm-hmm. what they've experienced to, yeah. up to that point. So, to pro- yeah, provide a little context to that. In, in the book, I had identified in, um, a statement that they said that, uh, you know, research and theory from diverse fields have contributed to an evolving understanding that all learners grow and learn in culturally defined ways and culturally defined contexts. And then the note by that, if I was thinking of my um, genetics class in G by E, <laughs> genetics <laughs> times environment. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, we, we have a significant impact on that environment. And then that environment piece really goes to the cultural pieces. And so how do we create an environment that uh, students can reach their genetic potential and their ability to be successful? And, and so we 
have a lot of ownership and a lot of responsibility for making sure that uh, we provide that environment where sound student learning is going to happen and students can be successful. All right. So on that, with tons of thoughts to kind of process Mic through. drop. Yeah. <laughs> Did mic fall on the floor? That, that was the mic drop? That oh. was the mic drop. Mic dropped. <laughs> He's still sitting here, everyone. He is okay. He's, well, <laughs> there, there has been no mics hurt in the recording of this podcast. With that, I think definitely some things to think about as far as how we, how we think about our culture of ag ed, how we think about our culture within our schools and within our classrooms and what effect we can actually have on our culture, um, knowing that it's going to affect how we teach, knowing that it's going to affect how our students learn, knowing that even things like even brain processes like memory are going to come into play. And so as we, as, as you listen, know that we're kind of building the foundation. So you have to come back and listen some more. But, but everything is going to stem from these first couple episodes around yeah. how people learn as far like th these are things we have to keep coming back to as far as the other processes beyond just the facts that we want students to get from our classes. And so with that, Brian, Becky and Mike are going to sign off and we will catch you next time um, here on Owl Pellets. Thanks. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellets saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.